Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. We're in a series called Welcome Home. And uh, here's, the, here's the thing is, is that every year, Crystal and I always kind of pray about what is, what is our declaration this year? What is it going to be? Last year, it was you are the one because we wanted everyone to know that you are the one that God wants to use to make a difference, right? We, we, want, we still want you to know that, uh, that you are the one. And, and this year, we, we were praying about it, and we decided welcome home uh, was the direction that we wanted to go. There, there's a lot of reasons why we chose welcome home. Uh, the first is, is that we were launching our second campus in Sulphur Springs. And so we were like, hey, they're going into a building. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, y'all don't deserve this building. All right, we've worked for a building for four and a half years. Come on. And, uh, and I walk in, I was over there at that campus the other day and I walked in and I was like, no, this ain't right. This is not right. I'm like, who, why do you have stuff already set up? You know, this is not right. Like it's, uh, you don't, and, and, but the biggest thing is you don't have purple walls for crying out loud. Like we should have at least added purple walls. Uh, but anyway, so, um, but we wanted them to know, welcome home. Like if you're, if you're coming to uh, one church, you need to know that you're welcome here. No matter where you are, no matter what, wh- uh, where your faith journey is, maybe you're here in this place and you've got questions and you're not sure if God really uh, is real and maybe you've got all these different things. Guess that We just want you to know that you're welcome. You know, God's not afraid of your questions. God's not afraid of your concerns. Not, God's not afraid of, uh, of why. Like, why is this the way it is? And, and, and we just welcome people. We love people. We care about people. Uh, Jesus loves you so much. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And uh, we're all on a journey, and we are being transformed, the Bible says, from glory to glory. I am not the same person that I was two years ago. And so, uh, anyways, but welcome home. And then we bought a, uh, come on, we bought a church. We bought, a, we have a building, we have official building, and, uh, and just the progress on that, we're just waiting on the insulator, because uh, he's got to go in and put in all new insulation, and so we've been waiting on that guy, whoever he is. The rest of the crews are ready to go. They're, they're ready to do this thing, and the insulator is taking forever, so pray for him. And uh, anyways, but we want, that, that's going to be a, a, an amazing thing when we get to celebrate in our building uh, together as a church family. And so, um, but, but we've been in a series, Welcome Home, and what we're doing is, is we're kind of just going over who we are as a church. This is who, we, who God has called us to be. This is what God called us to plant when we planted this church. And, uh, and, and so we're the, we, have, we have five core values uh, that we, we just adhere to. We really focus on those, and, and we want that to always be the center of who we are. And the first message, uh, the first thing is Jesus is our message, right? It's not politics is our message. It's not behavior is our message. Jesus is our message, right? We want to preach Jesus and Jesus crucified because that's what makes a difference. Jesus makes a difference in your life. I don't. And so Jesus is our message. At the end of the day, Jesus is always our message. The second one that I preached last week is people are our heart. We love people. We care about people. We walk with people, right? That's people are our heart. We know this, that people are on God's heart, so people should be on our heart. 
right? We, sh- we should always have people on our heart. Wherever we go, we should be praying this prayer, God, how can you use me today to reach the people around me? Don't get locked in your little Christian bubble and think this is all about me, but realize that God has you there for a reason. The third one today we're going to kick off is, let's start in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. The Bible says this, Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. It's very kind of you. Your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us. I want you to excel also in this generous act of giving. You excel in everything else you do. I want you to excel in this generous act of giving. If you're taking notes today, our third core value as a church is generosity is our privilege. Generosity is our privilege. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open, receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Everybody said, come on, help me preach today. You're going to help me preach? All right. Generosity is our privilege. You know, one of the core values that we have here at One Church is generosity. And the truth is, is I believe that generosity should not just be a core value of a church. Uh, uh, Generosity should be the core value of every Christian. We should be the most generous people on the face of the earth. That's just the way it is. I I don't care who you are, what your background is. Generosity should ooze out of Christians' pores. It just should be who we are. Now, here's the deal is that when I first started the church, when Crystal and I first started the church, I hated preaching on giving. Hated it. Can't stand it. Didn't want to do it. Avoided it like the plague. Right? Because I don't want to talk. The reason why is because as soon as you mention giving in church, all the air gets sucked out of the room. And guys are like, honey, get your purse. We got to get out of here. Like we're going to tackle you in the doorway. The doors are not locked, right? You can leave it, right? So, but that, that's the way it feels. And here's the reason why is because the, the, uh, this message has been abused by churches. The message has been abused by evangelists. Come on, send me a $1,000 seed and I'll give you a vial from the Dead Sea. I can make salt water a lot cheaper than a thousand bucks, right? Come on, I don't need your vial, right? That's, That's the thing. It's what... Okay, even if I do have it, what's the big deal? It's just water from the Dead Sea. But that's what, what you hear these things. If you give me $1,000, I, I guarantee you God's going to give you a private jet before the end of the year. It's not in the Bible. It's not, a, it's not the way it's supposed to be. And so I would always shy away from this because I know that people look at, well, that preacher's just after my money. That's all he wants is money. And the truth is, is that you hear that so often that you start shying away from that kind of message. But here's the thing is, I don't shy away from it anymore because giving has changed my life. 
generosity, being, being a generous person has absolutely made me free. It has changed my life. And it hasn't just changed my life. It's changed countless number of people's lives that go to this church. I have people that say, Pastor, thank you so much for teaching me about generosity. It has set me free. It has changed my life. And I believe that I'm better for it. Here's the deal. Is that if I had the cure for cancer... It would, you would say, it is your responsibility to share that. I don't, I don't just hide it away, right? If I had the cure for cancer, you would say, that is your responsibility. You better share. That's a horrible disease. A lot of people need that cure. You need to share that cure with the world. Here's the thing, is that we're looking for an answer, and it's in God's Word. It's not in the Wall Street Journal. It's in God's Word. Here's, the, here's the, uh, what you have to know is that when people are asked, what is the number one thing that causes stress in their life? It's money. How am I going to pay my bills? I don't have enough money. How am I going to save up for that Louis Vuitton? How is this going to happen? Like, <laughs> money is the big problem. Right? We, we worry about money. We worry about not having enough. We worry about being able to retire. We worry about all of these things. So mo- money is the number one cause of stress in most people's life. You know what the number one cause of fights and marriages? Money. Stop spending so much, right? Come on. Why, why are you spending that much money? Why are you doing that? And money causes fights which causes stress. The, the second leading cause of divorce in marriage is money. Second leading cause. So here's the thing is that if I have a cure, then I'm supposed to share that cure with you. I'm supposed to say, hey, this is what God's word says about this. This is what you need to know about it. This is what changed. Now, what you do with that information is completely up to you. I, I, I don't, I, I mean, that's just completely and totally up to you. But I believe this, that God wants us to know that giving will set us free. Yeah. Believe is in the Bible 272 times. Believe. Come on, faith is an important part of Christianity, wouldn't you say? But believe is in the Bible 272 times. Pray is in the Bible 371 times. You should pray. Pray. Love is in the Bible 714 times. It's a lot of loving going on. But listen to this. Give is in the Bible 2,161 times. God wants to get something to us. He wants us to understand. He knows that finances causes stress. He knows that finances will cause problems in our marriages. He knows finances will cause problems with our kids. And so what he wants us to do is he wants us to know that there is a solution, and it's called sowing and reaping. See, God looks at everything as seed. Everything in your life is seed. He gives you an ability. He gives you a talent to play bass. Well, guess what? You might have that talent, but it's your job to cultivate that and become a better at it, right? That's just the way it is. And, and we look at people and we think, well, they're just naturally blessed. No, they naturally worked hard to cultivate what God has put in their life. God always gives us seed. See, we pray to God and we ask God for oak trees and God gives us an acorn. And we go, well, what are we going to do with this? 
God looks at everything as sowing and reaping. He looks at finances as sowing and reaping. Like this is, this is finances. The, the, the money that comes into your life, he goes, this is seed that you can use. Now here's the thing, is that if you eat your seed, that's all you'll ever have. You might be fat and happy, but that's all you're ever going to have. But if you will take this principle and you start sowing your seed, God says this, see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much that you can't receive it. What's the deal? Is you're saying, God, I trust you with my money. I believe this, that if I give, you'll give back to me good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. God looks at his seed. It's a biblical principle. But let me just tell you this. Giving to God is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not. Well, I tried that giving thing, brother. Didn't work for me. I put $20 in the plate and $200 wasn't in my account the next day. I don't know what's going on. See, here's the deal is, is that it's sowing and reaping. So you don't give once and expect a harvest. The way the Bible works is this, you give, whenever, whenever a farmer plants seed, he doesn't walk out and expect that to be up the next day. He knows that it takes time, right? And God, what's so great about God is, is he knows every season of your life. The Bible says that he knows the end from the beginning, and so he knows when you need the harvest the most. God isn't a lottery. I always tell people this, that I don't give to get. I give to give. I give because God has blessed me. I give because God's been good to me. That's the reason why I give. Here's the reason why I give. I give because I know this, that when I give to the house of God, orphans are being clothed around the world. I know that when I give the house of, to, to the house of God, people in our community are being fed. I know that when I give to the house of God, the gospel is going forth and pushing forward. I know that when I give to the house of God, more churches are being planted. See, I give because I know this, the gospel has changed my life, and I want the gospel to continue to change other people's lives. I know this, that I, as a church, we can accomplish so much more together than I could on my own. I can accomplish so much more with you by my side than I can by myself. Winston Churchill said this, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Mother Teresa said it this way. She said, a life not lived for others is not a life. A life not lived for others is not a life. But it, God says it best. Proverbs eleven twenty four says this: the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. See, here's the thing: is that we all want to live big lives, right? We all want to make a difference. We all. God says this: generosity makes your life bigger than if you become a stingy person. It doesn't make sense because. God sometimes doesn't make sense. Well, how can I give money and God bless me? How does that work? See, I honestly believe that I, we tithe as a, a family. Crystal and I tithe as a family because I believe this, that God, can, if he blesses the 90, I can do a lot more with the 90 than I could with 100 all by myself. Because God's bigger, right? God's bigger. God's better. Amen? You good? 
Come on, say amen. amen. Today I want to share with you four things. I'm going to try to get four, if not three. We'll just see. Today I want to show you four things the Bible says about generous people. The first thing is, is that generous people are happy. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Generous people are just happy people. I've never met a generous person that was angry or hateful. Generous people are happy. You know, Christmas is not too far away. And uh, I, I am uh, one of these people that I love to give gifts. I'm a big fan of giving gifts. I'm always wanting to give. And, and I don't really care about my kids. I just care about my wife. Right? You give her a gift and the gift keeps on giving. Amen. The Lord is good. And all the men said? All right. Uh, but, but here's the deal is that I love to give gifts, but I, I intentionally procrastinate. I will know exactly what I'm going to get her. I'll know I'll have it picked out. I can have it in like my, my shopping cart online, but I cannot pull the trigger because the reason why is if I do, once I get it in my hands, I want to give it to her. I'm horrible like this. I'll be like, hey, babe, uh, I got your gift. It's awesome. You want it? She's like, it's not even Thanksgiving. I'm like, yeah, it's close enough, right? Like, I can give it to you, right? The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? So we would know this. That Honestly, I love getting gifts. It's nice to get something. But there's nothing like giving. The reason why is because the, God, God has hardwired our brains to be generous. God is hardwired. He he's not asking us to do something that we can't do. He's not trying to get you to do something that's impossible for you. He has hardwired your brain to be generous. I'm telling you right now, I've never heard an emotional not giving story. Right? Well, I saw that single mom in need, and bless God, I resisted the urge to give. <laughs> Hallelujah, tears running down my face. No. Huh? But I've heard a lot of emotional giving stories. This woman was in need, and I bought Christmas for her family, and tears running down, and I'm so happy that I was able. Why? Because God has hardwired us to be generous. Science shows this, that when we are generous, the body releases a chemical into our brain that makes us feel joy. God has hardwired us to be generous. See, now here, here's what's really great is if you give to this church, you need to know that you're generous all the time because your money is always making a difference even when you, know, you don't even know it's making a difference. You don't even know what's going on, but your money's making it. We, we, send, uh, we send a team to Puerto Rico, and I love the story because uh, uh, Pastor Jimmy, he goes over there, and they're rebuilding this lady's house, and as they're working on this lady's house, she, begins, she just thanks him over and over and over again and says, just the fact you being here gives me hope. I know that it's going to be okay, and I know that everything is working out, right? Here, here's the deal is that when you are generous to the church, you're generous always. 
It's, it's such an incredible thing. Here's something that's already been done. 70 families that weren't gonna have Thanksgiving, we paid for their Thanksgiving. I'm not coming up here going, please give, because you're a generous church. So when you're sitting down having a Thanksgiving meal, you can say, I was a part of 70 families that's gonna eat a Thanksgiving meal too. Right now, my, my, or my dad is our missions pastor. He went to Bolivia where he saw thousands of lives uh, changed and people saved. They gave away thousands of Bibles. Right now, he's in Africa preaching the gospel. Why? Because when you give, it pushes the gospel forward. And that should make you happy if you give to this church. You should be like, man, I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was happening. I, would, I could get up here every week and tell you another story about something that you're giving did in the community. Second thing, I got to go. Golly, where does time go? I need an hour. Y'all got an hour? Let's go. My wife would kill me. She's in kids today, so she would definitely kill me. Number two, the generous are compassionate. Generous are compassionate. Proverbs 22, 9, it says, blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. See, blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. You have compassion when you're generous. There's no hoarding. You can't be compassionate and hoard all your money. My son uh, came in from school. He told me about a little boy. And uh, he said, Dad, he said, it's, it's really amazing. He said, this little boy, uh, he's on subsidized lunches. His, his parents... You can, his parents don't have the money to buy lunches, and so he gets, the school just lets him have free lunch. And he said, but dad, he said, it's, what's so incredible about it is he said, if he ever sees anyone that doesn't have a lunch, he walks over and he gives them half of his. Because, and here's the thing, is that he knows what hunger feels like. He knows what it's like to be hungry, and he doesn't want anybody else to ever feel that. He doesn't ever, he doesn't ever want anybody else to walk through that, and so he gives because he has compassion towards hunger. See, when you give, you have compassion towards others. When you give, you have compassion. I was once dead in sin, but now I'm alive in Christ. My marriage was falling apart, but now Jesus has changed my life, so I give because I don't want anybody else to ever walk through that. Generous people are compassionate. Number three, I got to go. The generous are blessed. Generous people are blessed. Proverbs 19, 17, it says, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and you're going to love this part. And he says, and he will repay you. He will repay you. Generous people are blessed. It's just a part of it. God loves to bless his people that are generous to others. Amen? I got to go on. I'm going to give you number four, and then I got to keep going. The generous are remembered. Psalms 112 verse 9 says, They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. This is living a life of legacy mind with a legacy mind, right? We live our lives with a legacy mindset, and that means that I'm not just focused on me, I'm focused on others. I'm not just focused on now, I'm focused on eternity. Moving on. 2 Corinthians 9, 11. 
The Bible says this, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Generous on every occasion. Here's the thing is, is that if God is saying this, that you can be generous on every occasion, then that means generosity goes beyond money. Because I don't know many people that can afford to walk around throwing hundos out the window. $100 bills thrown out the window, right? Because I've got so much money. If you do have that much money, and if you are planning on doing that, please let me know the route you are taking home. I will be in that bar ditch in a minute picking up hundos, right? So, but if you, so I can't give what I don't have. So what has God given you that you can give? What has God given you? That's the big question. See, God never expects for us to give something that we don't have. So what has God given us to use that we do have? I'm going to give you three things that you can be generous with. First thing is, is you can be generous with your time. You can be generous with your time. Sometimes time is the most valuable thing in our lives. Seems like there's not enough of it, right? I just need more time. So you can be generous with, our, with your time. And here's the thing, is that we have uh, people in our church called the Dream Team, and they serve week in and week out. Come on, they're making coffee. They're setting up pipe and drape. Come on, they've got screens set up. They're running sound. They're making me look really good on that camera right now. They're doing all that. We've got kids. We've got people and kids that are teaching and praying with your kids right now. Somebody is making coffee for you right now. And they're all a part of the dream team. The, the, here's the thing is that they don't have more time than you. They just chose to be generous with the time that they have. Come on, give it up for our dream team. If you love the dream team, give it up for them. They work hard. See, they've decided this. I can be generous with my time. I can wake up and pull trailers, right? I can do that. Second thing you can be generous with. You can be generous with your talent. You can be generous with your talent. You might be out there and you're saying, I don't have talent. Okay, I am not a talented person. I love this in Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Come on, just touch your neighbor and tell him you're a masterpiece. I just got some of you a date. You are a masterpiece. God says this about you. You are a masterpiece. For you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us because God's got a plan for you long ago. You're not here by accident. You're here because he has you to, here to do something for him on this earth. Amen. You can use your talent. You, if you're sitting there and you're going, Brian, I don't have talent. Can I just tell you this, that you have defined talent the wrong way? If you think I don't have talent, you probably defined it the wrong way. Talent is not just playing a keyboard. Talent isn't just singing. Talent isn't just playing the drums, even though it's really awesome and everybody wants to be a cool drummer. 
but that's not the what talent is, right? That's not all talent. Talent isn't juggling chainsaws. It's not swallowing swords, right? That's not all talent is. Is that talent? Sure, but that's not what talent is. You know, can I tell you that God has given you something that you can do better than anybody else in this room. And the problem isn't that God hasn't given it to you. It's that you haven't seen it yet. And if you would just open your eyes for a minute and say, God, what have you put on the inside of me that I can use to make a difference in somebody else's life? Man, I can straighten chairs better than anybody in this room. Man, I can, I can set up pipe and drape better than anybody in this room. Man, I can tell people about Jesus better than anybody. I can pray better than anybody in this room. See, God's given you talent. And here's the deal is that we love as a church to help people discover what God has put in you. And you can go be a part of Next Steps. Right after immediately following second service today, we are going to discover your gifts, your talents, your abilities. Because we want you to find out what God has put in you so you can start using it to help people. Amen? The last thing is you can be generous with your treasure. You can be generous with your, your treasure. What if we, as a church, lived our lives thinking of ways to be generous? What if every one of us walked out these doors today and we decided, you know what, I'm just going to be generous. I'm going to look for ways to be generous. See, being generous isn't really that hard. What if we walked out today and you're sitting there and you're eating your lunch and it was good and the waiter was really good, they did a great job. What if you gave them a big old fat tip? You go beyond 20%. I'm up there in 30% realm. I'm up there in 40, whatever it is. Just say, you know what? I want to be a blessing to you. I want to be generous to you. I want to just pour out, God's blessed me, so I want to bless you. What if you join through the drive-thru and you buy that person's food behind you? I can afford a double meat, double cheeseburger. Come on, I can handle that. I'm going to buy this person's meal behind me. Why? Because I want to be generous. What if instead of having a garage sale... You had a garage giveaway. Crystal and I did this one time, and it's fun. So we set out all our junk on tables, right? We got all this junk on tables, and we've got it all laid out, and it's good. And and people, you, you know, garage sale people are different, right? They're just different. Trying to sneak in 15 minutes early. They're always somebody that that way. But, but here they are. They walk up and, and they would say, hey, there's no price tag on this. How much is it? And I said, free. And they were like, what? I was like, it's free. Oh, yeah, well, what about this? It's free. They could not believe that we were giving away our crap. <laughs> Be generous on every occasion. I, I don't need a dime. Come on, people. And they're going to argue you down to a nickel. But I can be generous on when I when my kids grow out of clothes. I can find somebody who needs clothes. I, 
can be generous on every occasion, not because I'm rich, but because God's blessed me. And I just look for ways, because I believe this, that if I give, God can give back to me good measure, pressed down, shaken together. If he said in his word, be generous on every occasion, bless people, just look for ways. I'm telling you right now, you can't outgive God. You can't. God wants us to live our lives with our, our, our eyes, our ears, and our hearts open so that we can be generous on every occasion. We can be generous on every occasion. I can tell you this from personal experience, that you will never regret being generous. Never regret it. I love being generous to people. I love hearing about a need and trying to meet that need. Some of you are like, I got a need. I'll come up and talk to you after service. See what I can do. Generosity's changed my life. I I thank God for parents that taught me. I thank God for my parents who taught me how to be generous. Here's the thing. The value of life isn't determined by how much I achieve or accumulate, but by how much of my life I give away. He that dies with the most toys still dies. But he that gives to the kingdom of God will be remembered forever. Lord, I just thank you right now for this generous church. God, thank you that they give faithfully. Lord, and because they give, we're able to see the gospel go forward. Because they see, we're able to see orphans fed. Because they give, Lord, we're able to see lives changed in our community because they give. And Lord, right now, I pray that you give back to them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, multiply it back to them so that we can continue to do more to reach people for Jesus. God, I pray your blessing be upon them. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this dream team. Lord, the the people that serve so faithfully and give of their time, Lord, we thank you so much for them. Lord, I thank you that week after week they serve faithfully and give of their talent. Lord, I pray that you would multiply their time back to them. God, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. Maybe you're in this place, you say, Brian, I don't know Jesus. I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life. I've never asked him into my heart. Today I want to. See, here's the thing, friend, is you cannot preach the gospel without talking about generosity because God so loved the world that he gave everything for you he gave everything so that you could have relationship with him maybe you're here and you say Brian I need Jesus in my life maybe you're here and you say Brian I've prayed that prayer I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life but I've walked away and I know I'm not living like I should 
today I just want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Can I tell you, friend, that he's not mad at you, that he loves you. Just waiting on you to come home. Brian, I need Jesus in my life. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward, but I am going to ask you to do something. I'm going to count to three. When I hit three, I just want you to slip your hand up and you can put it right down, back down. And we're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. And I believe this, when you pray this prayer, if you believe it in your heart, your life will never be the same. I didn't say it'd be perfect, but it'll never be the same. Brian, that's me. Pray with me today. One, I need Jesus in my life. Two, I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. Three, just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Amen. 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 Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin, and by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on. At One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text Decided to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.